Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. A couple of things is just on my heart tonight and that I want to talk about. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm glad that we have an adversary uh, that has been defeated. <laughs> And this scripture here says, be sober, be vigilant. That just means you have to be on guard because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Now, we've heard this said before, but, you know, he walks around like like a roaring lion. How do you know he's not? And uh, uh, when we were in Africa this last time, um, you know, there were no lions. After the crusade was over, we went on a hunting safari and... uh, uh, there were no lions where we were, thank the Lord, uh, but they did have jackals there, you know, and hey, you know, hearing jackals right outside where you're sleeping is probably not the most, uh, comforting sound. You know, we have a pack of jackals making all this noise and, and, um, you know, the enemy, he likes to make a lot of noise, but you know, just because something makes a noise doesn't mean there's, there's anything to it. Right. And it says that he walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That means that there are some that he may, and there are some that he may not. And uh, we want to make we want to make sure we stay in the place where the enemy. We're not on the may list; we're on the may not list, right? And uh, it says, "Resist him steadfast in the faith." Just look at a couple of things here in Colossians chapter two. Just a couple of verses here. There's a lot of bad uh, uh, thoughts out there about this, but the enemy is defeated. And he can't do anything in our lives. He has no access to us. Truthfully, he doesn't have any access to us. And so we need to be aware of that. And, uh, you know, anytime he raises his ugly head, we need to be quick to pounce on it and to not settle for anything and not to allow anything. But speaking of the enemy here, it says, uh, verse in, Colossians, or in Colossians rather 2, verse 15, it says, Having disarmed principalities and power, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. The Amplified says, God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us. That's that adversary that walks around. He, he, he disarmed, disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold and public example of them, triumphing over them in it and on it or, uh, and in it, the cross. The message, said, the message Bible says, he stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority. I love that of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. That is a picture of utter defeat, isn't it? (laughs) The Phillips Bible says, and then having drawn the sting of the powers ranged against us, he exposed them, shattered, emptied, and defeated in his final glorious triumphant act. And so the enemy has been destroyed in our lives. Amen, aren't you glad? You know, we don't have to go around worried about what the devil's gonna do what the devil's going to try. You know, when the, you realize that today so much of, of what's out there is just spreading fear. It's just trying to spread fear and get us our, our eyes on things that would uh, cause fear to grow in our heart and worry and concern in our heart. How many know that, that that's not from God? God's not giving us a spirit of fear. He, there's no fear in God at all. In fact, he doesn't use fearful things to teach us. He doesn't use fearful things to direct us. He doesn't use any of the, that's not how God works. He, he, he uses love. He uses compassion. And, uh, you know, so much of our world is, is just so focused on the negative and focused on uh, things that, that are not right. And, and uh, you know, the enemy has no uh, access to us unless we give it to him. The Bible also says, you can go over with Ephesians, the fourth chapter. 
Ephesians chapter 4. We'll look in the uh, 25th verse. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, it says, Therefore put away lying. Let each one of you speak, speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. How many believe it's that we're truthful with one another? Verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Verse 27, nor give place to the devil. And, uh, you know, like I said, the enemy is defeated in our lives and there's nothing he can do. Uh, now, obviously, you know, in, in this life, we're going to have tests and trials and the enemy, uh, things may come our way that, that we can stand and see God come through faithful. But as far as a, the enemy actually having access to us, uh, he's been completely defeated. Like I said, this world uses fear and as a way to uh, motivate people and to cause people to be all in turmoil. You know, if we live in a state of fear, we actually are allowing the enemy to move in our life. If you know the story of Job, uh, he said the thing that I've greatly feared has come upon him. And, you know, the enemy had access to him because he was living in fear over things. Let me just say, you know, if, if, if there's an area in your life where there is concern, deal with it. Deal with it. Don't let it stay, but deal with it. Be quick to deal with those things. I'm talking about Leslie's fear of clowns. I'm talking about, uh, <laughs> you do need to deal with that. <laughs> How many knew that Leslie was afraid of clowns? That's quite funny. But anyway, um, <laughs> I don't like them, but I'm not afraid of them. But, you know, there are, there are things, you know, uh, things that come up that, that uh, would try to get our attention. The fear of death. Uh, the fear of disease, the fear of this, the fear of that. You know, when, when each of us have, have come across things in our life and things have happened maybe in your family before you or, or whatever, and the enemy would try to use those things. You know, I can tell you for years after Pastor had uh, been diagnosed with cancer, uh, you know, the enemy would try to, try to mess with me. You're going to get the same thing. You're going to have cancer too. You're going to have this. You're going to have that. Any of that ever happened to anybody? To where the enemy just comes and Steve says, no, Steve is so perfect. He doesn't listen to any of that stuff. But the enemy kind of tries to come and tries to, to, to sell you on the idea of something that because this has happened to this person or this has happened with this person. How I many no pastor's still here? The enemy did not win, right? <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, when he was diagnosed with that, you know, just a, a general sense of dread tried to get a hold of me. And so I had to, I had to quickly learn to deal with that. That I'm not going to give in to that. I'm not going to meditate on that. I'm not going to participate with that. I'm going to not let my mind go in that direction. I mean, that, that's part of resisting him steadfast in the faith. Because faith doesn't glory in what the enemy might be able to do. Just because, it ha- just because he's tried to do this to somebody else or whatever. Listen, he's got no access to you. And so we have to make sure that we don't let these things come into our lives. And so fear is a, a way that we can give place to the enemy. And, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we're, we're covering our bases and making sure that we're, uh, um, uh, each of us examining our own lives and just being careful to make sure we're not giving room to the enemy to move in our life. How many think that's a good idea? I want to just talk about something a little bit uh, tonight for uh, just a few minutes. Uh, go with me to uh, Matthew chapter 7. Matthew, the seventh chapter. Now, I had this on my heart tonight to minister, and, and uh, to be honest with you, it wasn't something that I particularly wanted to do, <laughs> and um, I would rather have talked about something more fun or more uh, uh, exciting, but this is what was on my heart, and um, for, the last, uh, for the last little while, I've been listening to a series of, of, of teachings 
uh, that Keith Moore did uh, back in 2015. And he was talking about a particular subject, and it's just something that um, I've been feeding on and going back into and listening to. And, and um, you know, anytime we, anytime we hear the word, the, the first place we look is in our own life. And to make sure that we are uh, doing the things that are, that are right and proper. And, and let me just say, nobody, including myself, has got everything figured out. Amen, right? None of, us had, none of us is perfect. You know, one of the things that I think ministers do as a disservice, uh, they do a lot of, the, it, it, there's a tendency there is to present as though their life is perfect and they've got everything figured out. No, I face the same things you face. I face the same obstacles you face, but you know what? Uh, the same Jesus that works for me or works for Amy or pastor or brother Steve or dad Hagen or whoever it is, is the same Jesus that works for you. The same word that'll work in your life as well. But each of us have got to learn to apply these things in our life and make sure we're, we're always investigating and, and looking at the things that are going on in our life. Amen. And so he's been talking about this particular subject and it's in, here found in Matthew chapter uh, seven, but it's interesting, you know, this teaching that Jesus was giving, there were the many things he talked about starting in chapter five and uh, talked about many different topics. And, and there's some things in here that we love and that we spend time on quite a bit. Uh, for instance, in, in uh, the 25th verse, Jesus was talking about worry. And uh, he was giving the example, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow, sow nor reap or, uh, uh, or gather into barns. Yet, this is verse 26, yet your father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you can, by, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they neither grow nor, uh, nor neither speak, toil or spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon, all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. And in the, 30, the 32nd verse, he says, For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows the things that you need. But verse 33, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Isn't that a great verse? And it's one that we go back to and we look at all the time. Listen, no need to worry about what's going on. God's going to take care of you. Seek after God, right? Then you drop down into the seventh verse of chapter seven. Ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it'll be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and to, uh, for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks, it will be opened. So we love those verses and we're excited about those verses, right? Because it just reassures our confidence in God. But, but stuff right in the middle of that, there are some verses that we don't really look at a whole lot. Amen. Have you know that all of the word is good for us? Every bit of it is good. Every bit of it is beneficial. All scripture has been given by inspiration is good for teaching and for doctrine, for instruction, correction, all of these things. And so we want to make sure that, that we're looking at all of it. And like I said, I've been listening to, to Brother Moore's series, and he did this huge series on it. I'm not going to do, go into all that detail, but just touch on a few things here. But it says in, Je, uh, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, and I know this is an exciting subject. Isn't it? Isn't this exciting? Are y'all excited? Read the first word. It says judge. Aren't we excited about that? Right? But you know, this is important. We want to make sure that we don't give place to the enemy. And the Bible says we need to be aware of his strategies and his, his plots and how he does things. We need to be aware of that fear is an area where he tries to get in, but this isn't also an area where the enemy tries to gain access to our life. I don't know about you, but I want everything God has for me and none of what the enemy has for me. Both have a plan for your life. One is good and one is not, right? 
And it says here in the, in the, uh, in, uh, the very first verse here of John, uh, Matthew chapter 7, judge not. Well, what a great verse, right? Isn't this fun? You know, the subject of judging is something that, uh, uh, obviously this is red letters here. Jesus was saying that. And, you know, we live in a society that's very critical. Wouldn't you agree? Our society is very critical. I don't, it doesn't matter who you are. There is something that's presented that is critical of somebody and something. Right? And we don't live in a society that is just, by and large, a peaceful get along. It is one that is always finding fault, always uh, finding problems, always looking for things that aren't right, and then also going beyond that and casting judgment on those things. You know, we just came out of a really bad election, and boy, I tell you, it was rough. There was a lot of judging going on, but Jesus said here, judge not. You know, we, whether we want to be honest or not, all of us have had opportunities to fall in this category of judging. All of us have. Myself included, even the holiest person you can think of, judging is a possibility. And, uh, you know, I believe Jesus knew what he was talking about. I believe that he didn't just say it. He forget that Christians would be reading this. We don't judge. No, judging is a very, it's, it's, it's a very real issue. And it says here, judge not. How many know we just, we just need to, this is one of those things that's not, doesn't specifically say Jesus commanded them, but how many know the statement judge not is a commandment? Well, if the Lord has instructed us to judge not, how many know that it's possible to live life without judging? It's possible to live life without judging. It may seem difficult, and on your flesh it is difficult, but it's possible to live life where you're not passing judgment. Now, this word judge, uh, it says judge not. I I just kind of looked up. There are a couple different aspects of this. To judge means to decide. To infer, to think, or hold as an opinion. To conclude or assess. That's what to judge is. I'm going to read that again. To decide, to infer, to think, or hold as an opinion, to conclude or assess. How many know that everything seems like in this life we run into is looking for us to make a decision about it? Wouldn't you agree? But, you know, it says here, judge not. Jesus said, judge not. There's a reason why he doesn't want us to judge. Verse, it goes on to say, judge not that you will not be judged. You know, we want to make sure that we're not giving room to the enemy in our lives, in our families, and in our situations by living critical lives of one another, of other people. You know, most things in life really have nothing to do with us. Right? Wouldn't you agree? Most things that go on that there's a tendency to form an opinion about really doesn't affect you at all. And yet there's this drive and this compulsion to have an opinion about it. But Jesus said, judge not. He said, judge not, don't do it. Can I just say that, that the things that affect us, we need to look at those things and make decisions and base our life upon uh, making proper decisions. But at the same point, we don't want to cast judgment on people as far as who they are and assign value to them. Right? And, and, you know, we, we've, we, we've been given a job to do. I'll just say this. We've been given a job to do as a, as a body. And I think one of the reasons why the church hasn't been successful uh, over time and, 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 
And in general, I think this is true is because we really put value on people based upon their situation and what we see. We rate them as far as whether or not they are worth our time. How many of that's, that's judging? <laughs> that's judging. You know, really this subject of judging is in, if we're honest, when I started listening to Brother Moore's uh, teaching on this, like I said, I'm not going to go into all the detail he did. It was seven or eight, nine uh, series long on it was a lot and, and you could go he covers all kinds of stuff and and every single message is painful <laughs> can I just say that you say well why and you listen to that absolutely when I put it in my car and started listening to it I was like oh dear Jesus uh, the first few minutes I turned it off like okay Lord it's on you and me we're, we're getting this you know <laughs> And you say, but it was at the same time, it was painful. You know, sometimes pain is good. And, and all of us have this in one way or another. I think this is something we all have to face. And it's so important because if we judge, we'll be judged. I don't know about you, but in no way do I want to be judged. Anybody just say, I just want to be judged. I just, you know, you woke up today and it was just on your heart to be judged. Nobody. Nobody does that. You know, I know during the, uh, during the election, there were, there were accusations and things being made. And I found myself getting into a place of, you know what? This person's guilty of this, that, and the, and the other, and they need to pay. How many know that's not, that's not right? <laughs> it may be fun to entertain those things for a minute, but how many know that it's not really the right thing to do? Because if we do that, then we'll be judged. It goes on to say, for with, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with, with what measure you use, it will be measured back to you. How many know that that statement is 100% fair? There's another, another uh, uh, thing that, statement that the Bible makes that we believe, whatever you sow, you reap. <laughs> and it's a law. It is a spiritual law. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap in every area of life. You know, it's been said you can look at your harvest, whatever's coming into your life, and you know that whatever that is is a result of your sowing in any area. Well, you know, this is true in the area of judging as well. If, if we live critical of others and allow judgment, now let me just say, there are, there are things that come up. We have to make decisions as far as how to react to them or how to handle situations, but, uh, but it's different than placing judgment on a person as far as who they are, right? But it says, it says, you know, if we'll judge whatever measure we use will be measured back to us. Or for what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with what measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And so, you know, that is, like I said, 100% fair. The way we uh, uh, respond to others and the way we look at them and the decisions we come to. Remember what I said judgment is to, is to decide, to infer, to think, to hold as an opinion. Like I said, I know this is an exciting topic, but, but you know, we don't want to give, give place to the enemy in our lives. It says to infer, think, or hold as an opinion, to conclude, or to assess. And so our this area of judging, uh, like I said, Jesus was very clear about it. We cannot afford to let it happen. I don't have any other ways I can say it, but it is such an important thing. It goes on to say, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? 
Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hold your place there. Look over at uh, Romans, the third chapter. Romans chapter 3. In the 21st verse, it says, But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. Verse 23, notice, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know, this, this subject of judging, when we, when we look around and see things, you know, how many know that... that Nobody we look at, their life is going to be perfect. There's issues in all of our lives. But you know, the one place that you also know there's issues in is in your own life. (laughs) And we're all keenly aware of our own shortcomings, aren't we? But it says here not to judge what measure you use will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in a brother's eye and do not consider the plank in your own eye? You know, in God's perspective, that's exactly how he sees it. You ever, you ever, you know, look, think of something that is ugly or, or is, is viewed as ugly. I think this is something God just looks at as ugly. Just a, a, a result of fallen nature to where there's a tendency within us, within people to want to look in the lives of somebody else. And let me just say, when I say this, I'm honestly not thinking of anybody other than myself. Right. And I encourage you to just be thinking of yourself as well. It's the whole point, <laughs> right? It is the whole point. But how many times have we been in a service where we hear something ministered and instead of hearing what the Lord might be trying to say to us, we're hearing it for somebody else, hoping they hear it. Anybody been there before besides me? Boy, I tell you what, I sure hope Josh Gillen is listening. Ooh, this one's right, right off the, right hot off the wire for Josh. <laughs> Or maybe you think, oh, so-and-so, they're not here. They should have heard this. Oh, oh, ouch. Ouch, ouch. Anybody ever done that before? Yeah. Does somebody just say all the time? Who was that? (laughs) Maybe I just heard your heart. But anyway. uh, (laughs) All the time. All right. But, you know, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's not a single person, myself included, that's got it all figured out. I don't, there's not a single person that knows what to do in every situation, has made the right decisions, will make the right decisions 100% of the time. There's not a single one of us that has it all figured out. The Bible is true. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I believe this is something that when God looks at it, it hurts him because, uh, uh, and it's something I think that is, is, it is probably a hard thing for him to see in his kids because he was somebody that in our sin, in the midst of our problems, you ever thought about just taking in the scene where Jesus was on the cross? I mean, what, what a scene that, that was transpired. I like to go and just sit down and want to read things, think about it, play it out in my mind and just kind of picture what was going on. Our savior, spotless, perfect, had done everything the right way, was, was hung on a cross, 
mocked and beaten and, and ridiculed and all of the things that were associated with that. And yet he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You know, that's God's, you know, God is not looking to pass judgment even on us. I said, he's really not. God, God he, he's, he's slow to anger and what? Quick to forgive. That, that's his personality. That's who he is. He's slow to anger, but quick to forgive. And even when we were in a mess or before we were even here, knowing who we'd be and, and knowing the things that we do, yet Christ still died for us. And that, that's God's heart towards us. And yet if we allow the, the critical nature of this world, because the, the Bible describes the enemy as the accuser of the brethren. Accusations are always come from one side. They never come from God. I've never had the Lord accuse me of things. I've had him deal with me and, and, and prompt me to address things in my life, but it's never, been an, it's never had accusation attack to, attached to it or, or an assessment of some sort of less than value to what he was saying. It was always done in love and encouragement to step up. It was always a presentation that there's better that you can have. Even when there are areas I didn't deserve it, he was always there calling me and giving me the opportunity to move higher, even in the areas where I've missed it. And so in really, you know, this tonight is an opportunity. I believe uh, Jesus said this not to feel bad about the things, even in the area of judging it, where we've missed it, but an opportunity to step up and to close the door to the enemy in our lives in a certain area and to not give him access and to withhold judgment in our lives. And so I believe it's something that God looks at and, and it's, it's a painful thing because it's really not in his nature. There is a judgment side of God. There is a judgment side of him, but we live in a time where he's withholding that judgment. He's, his grace is here. Mercy is here. He's extending grace. Even to those who don't want it, he extends it. And all of us at one point or another have been in that place where we didn't want his grace, yet he gave it anyway. We've all been there. Before we knew Christ, BC, before Christ, we were there. But even, even, even after that, there have been things in all of our lives where we knew we're not right, yet we just wanted to do it anyway. Isn't that true? And maybe you, maybe you find yourself in some place right now. I mean, you know, whatever. God, grace is there for you. God doesn't want you to stay there, but he's not looking to, to judge you. He's not looking to cast judgment upon you. He's looking to mercy, extend mercy, and draw you up out of that. You know, there, 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 there is an idea today that, that God doesn't judge at all, that nothing you can do can be judged. Well, that's not true. You know, uh, it's important that we, we, we also not take things to an extreme, that grace is such that you can do whatever and there's not any risk of judgment or, or, or effects of the, of the decisions we make. Obviously, that's true. But God is looking to extend mercy. He's looking to extend grace. Well, the Bible says we're supposed to be imitators of God as dear children, Looking for opportunities to extend grace. Now, anytime we talk about this, people come up, well, I had this situation happen. This person did this crazy thing or this situation in my family. Should I let them back in? No, you still protect your family, but you don't place value. You don't, you don't judge them in your heart. You're not wanting uh, judgment to fall on, there. You, uh, fall on them. You want to extend mercy to them. You want God to be merciful with them. 
Has anybody ever done something to you that your heart was you really wanted God to pay them back? Boy, that was not right. And I'm, I'm not going to do anything, but I hope God gets them. We've all been there, right? But if we do that, we're actually calling that on our own lives. We're calling for that on our own lives. And it's fair. It's 100% fair. Whatever a man sows, ladies, this includes you too. <laughs> That's just written to the man, pastor. I love this message. That's right. You better get it right, husband. All right. <laughs> no, ladies, gentlemen, however you sow, that's exactly what you're going to reap. Like I said, this is something that, that we've all missed it in. We've all fallen short in. We've all, uh, uh, um, you know, made mistakes in these areas. And it's something that is just a part of fallen nature. But we want to shut the door to the enemy and make sure we're not giving him access to our life. Not get, letting him get access to us. But going back over to uh, uh, Matthew chapter 7. Is this good tonight? Isn't judging a fun topic? <laughs> it's not at all, is it? No. But it's so necessary. Verse 3, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but do not consider the plank in your own? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Verse five, it says hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You know, this is, uh, 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 if we're gonna be successful in really reaching people, we're gonna have to make sure that we're not approaching them in a hypocritical way. You know, God has sent us to a lost and dying world that's got a lot of issues. He has. He sent us to a world that they got issues. There's, there are people that have issues. And yet, God has sent us to actually reach those people. Now, I'm not saying we invite these things into our home. And, and these. Uh, and when I say these things, I'm talking about problems into our home. But what I'm saying is, We've been sent to love on and to reach people and to reach them, but we cannot do that if we are being overly critical and not first, when you see something, look to yourself. You know, when, when I was started listening to these uh, uh, messages by Brother Moore, I mean, like I said, it was something that, um, uh, you know, the, the, just my heart jumped up and said, yeah, you need to, you need to do this. You know, it's good being healthy. It's actually pretty, it's good having your bills paid and your needs met. It's good having peace at night. It's good uh, uh, living secure and confident and, and, and being able to hear the voice of God. But, you know, if, if we're not careful to make sure that we do this subject right here, we can begin to start missing on some of those things. And it's nobody's fault but our own. It's nobody's issue but our own if we fall short in these areas. I'm going to read it again. It said, judge not that you may not be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you'll be judged. With what measure you use, it will be measured back to you. You know, you can even judge partially to people. It's true. You can, you can slightly judge someone and, and, and yet slightly release them when they... When they do something, when they do something against you, you see something in life. It can affect how you look at them. 
just just an opinion of them that is less than what it was before is a is a, an element of judgment in there for what judgment you use you will be judged with what measure you use it will be measured back to you why do you look at your the speck in your brother's eye but do not consider the plank in your own or how can you say to your brother let me remove the speck from your eye and look a plank is in your own eye hypocrite First remove the plank from your own eye, then you will see clearly, clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Praise God. And so judgment, part of that is to decide or to infer or to think or to have an opinion. But there's another part of judgment that goes on to pass sentence. And uh, like I said, you know, when the election was going on, I just use that as an example because it was just all over the place. There was a tendency to want judgment to be passed on people for things that they have done. But um, how many know that that's not, that's not what God wants us to do? That's not the way he wants us to be viewing things or approaching things. He wants us to uh, be looking for opportunity to extend mercy. Go over to James chapter 2. How many know that condemnation never wins anybody? Having an opinion of somebody that is comes from judging affects your ability to reach them. Right? And then expressing them to that in the form of condemnation for what they've done never causes anybody to make a turn. It really doesn't. What draws people to God? His goodness. God's love. People know they have issues. People know they make mistakes. When somebody's in sin, they know they're in sin. They do. And I know there's a time where somebody gets to the place where they don't see it as what it is. But have you know that a lot of times when people put on a good front that, or, or act as though what I'm doing is fine, when they lay down at night, they know the reality of what's going on in their hearts. And we know that because we've all been there. <laughs> right? We've all done that. Where we put on a good face and, oh, there's nothing wrong with this. Yet, when you lay down and you're quiet, it's just you. Your own heart's like, yeah, not, not so fast, right? You know, condemnation never, never wins anybody. Telling people how messed up they are is not the answer. It's really not the answer. And if that's how you see them, then you won't be effective in reaching them. But in James chapter 2, two verse 12, it says, so speak... And so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment, without, for judgment is without mercy to the ones who have shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. The NIV says, speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. You know, like I said, this, this passage of scripture, and I'm not going to go, but just a few minutes longer, but it says, judge not that you be not judged. None of us want judgment in our life. None of us want judgment in our life. All of us want mercy to be extended to us. All of us want that in our lives. But if we're not careful to, to extend mercy, if we go about without having mercy, mercy will not be extended to us. 
And like I said, this is something that's been, like I said, the Lord dealt with me about it when I, when I first started hearing this. But when I came into getting ready for tonight's service, this was what was on my heart. And I felt like we needed to get into this. And so, I, you know, I don't know where each of us are. Don't let a critical attitude or a, a, a lifestyle of judgment get a hold of you. We live in a time where we have got to watch that. The plan of God is too important for your life for this church, for the people we come in contact with, it is too important to let judgment get a hold of us where we become critical of other people. I know Amy's been talking about love, you know, this last Wednesday night, and it was great, like I said, and she'll be talking about it this week. But, uh, you know, one of the things when you read, and, and I don't know that you really read, did you read First Corinthians chapter 13? You did, okay. I can't remember if she did or not. But one of the parts of that is love believes the best. Love believes the best. You are not going to be taken advantage of if you believe the best in people. You will not be taken advantage of. There is a drive to be judgmental and critical of others, and it it really presents itself as a way of self-preservation. Right? It really gets presented as a way of self-preservation. If you're not careful to analyze and really look what's going on, you can somehow be affected by that. The fact is when you do that, you are affected by it. Judging opens the door to these things. And there is a kin to judging, which is very close. And it's, uh, um, uh, uh, the word just slipped my mind. It is, um, huh? Suspicion. Yeah, the gift of suspicion. (laughs) Steve knew exactly where I was going. We've actually talked about this quite a bit in the office. But the gift of suspicion, it's the 10th gift of the Spirit. (laughs) Right? Something was said when I was at Rama that uh, Tony Cook said he was our dean, and and you know, uh, it's true. But then on the other hand, it, boy, it's it's a it's a painful way. He's talking to ministers on how to how to be ministers. He said, you know, to, if you're going to be, uh, um, if you're going to be, uh, if you're going to be realistic, you have to be pessimistic, and if you're going to be pessimistic, you have to be realistic. He was talking about how ministers deal with their congregation, and so he was saying, listen, if you're going to be uh, uh, realistic with your congregation, you have to be pessimistic. You've got to be a little bit of a, uh, I probably shouldn't have said Tony Cook's name. <laughs> I just said it again, but, uh, <laughs> but I knew what he meant by, it. you know, you, and there's an aspect of that of true when you're expecting things of people, you know, you have to, you have to, if you're going to be realistic, you have to also understand that your trust isn't in them. And that's really where he was coming from. But there is this idea that it's our job to, tied to judging is to be critical or to be skeptical or uh, what was the word again? Suspicious. Suspicion is judging without fact. If judging with fact is wrong, is judging without fact any better? Ooh, thank you, Steve. I want to take a lap. <laughs> Being suspicious of people. This goes on in local churches. Why is this person saying this to me? I'm, I'm wondering what's, what it's all about. Why is this person talking to that person? What's, what's that all about? You're getting into suspicion. Have you ever had somebody form an opinion of you over something that you didn't do? 
or wasn't even on your radar, you had never thought of it? Well, you did such and such, and you had, it was the furthest thing from your mind. Isn't that a wonderful feeling? Doesn't that just, in, just encourage a, a sense of love and appreciation and just thankfulness for that? No. <laughs> Not at all. But we've all been guilty of doing it. Oh, thank God for the word. (laughs) It's possible to live life not being suspicious of one another. If you allow that type of judgment in your life, it is judgment without fact. It's suspicion. If you let that in you into operating your life, you can very well miss out on your answer. Something God has for you. Because we place... We look at somebody and because of this, that, or the other, we form an opinion. We cast judgment on them, and then we're not open to them. We suffer loss right there. Well, praise God. It's important that we monitor our lives and make sure that, that we're not judging. You know, we have a judgment problem in the world. But if you ask people, people say, oh, I'm not judging. Oh, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. Have you ever had somebody say, don't judge me? Right? Have you ever said that to somebody? Don't judge me. And they say, oh, I'm not judging. Have you know a lot of times we are? (laughs) Let's just be honest. We're judging. Or I'm just saying. (laughs) How many know that's judging? Well, I just think they should. How many know that's judging? I believe this is an area that we have to be very careful about. This is an area we need to really watch in our lives. And I'll just encourage you today, you know, you can do this. You can live life and be happy, be successful, not be taken advantage of. Run your race, do what God's called you to do, and yet not be critical or judgmental of people. And you can also shut the door to the, to the enemy in your life. Or judging and, and those things be brought against you. Like I said, it, it, I'm not going to get into a whole lot more detail of the things that Brother Moore said, but... Uh, We'll just stop with that tonight. It's an important thing that we do. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.